I'm your girl, Latoya Francis, and you're listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the On My Soapbox podcast, the place where I come to be unfiltered and unadulterated on matters that might not be popular or might even bring some opposition. But this is my soapbox, and these are the things I'm passionate about. Reflecting on the past year, and the various conversations I've had with friends and family members coming out of it, it became abundantly clear to me that we have all experienced perspective shifts in various areas of our lives. Over the coming weeks, I would like to invite you to join me on the journey of having intimate conversations with women I love and respect from all around the world and from all walks of life, all sharing the various lessons and perspectives they have experienced in the last year or leading up to this point in their lives. This series is called The Perspective Project. For each episode, there will also be an accompanying article posted on the francisthedreamer.com website that further shares our guest's journey. Today, I'm speaking with the one and only Megan Kim, aka my roomie, aka the mighty Morphin M lol <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself who is megan kim aka my roomie aka mighty morphinette well hello to everyone out there as latoya said megan kim is not my original name but i have been renamed as i was recently married and Yay! i know going on almost <laughs> a year soon too which is crazy to think about we had ourselves one of those covid weddings everything oh. was a little uh, unique and interesting but it's good and Mm -hmm. most recently a new doggy mom and just living life and trying to figure it out as you go along I don't really know I'm kind of that weird season where it's like trying to define yourself it's basically by your title as wife and mom right now (laughs) nice so wait where exactly in the world are you right now I am in Virginia just outside of DC in a town called Manassas Nice, nice. So as we're talking about perspective projects, we're talking about perspective shifts and lessons learned. If you had to give your perspective shift or lesson learned a title, what would that be? I have to say, I thought hard, long and hard about that, probably rooted to bear fruit. And just because it's one of those things that I've always struggled with feeling rooted somewhere. And now I'm officially rooted being married, have a house, have to do stay where I'm at and I can't just like pick up and go like I used to. And, but reminding myself that I'm supposed to bear fruit wherever I am. Man, your essay. First of all, thank you for being so vulnerable to share what you shared with us in that essay. And again, you can find it on the francisdreamer.com website in full. But in your essay, you talked about knowing something for as long as you can remember but then not coming to an understanding of that thing until recently. Can you share with us your journey from knowing to understanding? Absolutely. So in my essay, I was kind of referring to God as a whole, which obviously you can't really ever fully understand him. But ever since I was little, I grew up in an environment where my grandfather was a pastor. My grandmother was a prayer warrior. I always knew that God was there and he was there for me. He was my father, but there's always that, you know, the definition where you can go on WebsterDictionary.com, look it up and they can tell you, this is what it is. And that's what I always felt like. I know who God is. This is God. But as time went on as like life 
rolled my way, the hardships, the good, the bad, I started to realize more and more, I didn't truly know how to define God and who God was for me as a person until I really got into life and was starting to understand. He showed me a little bit more of who he was and what it means when he says he's an everlasting, loving God, consistent, always showing up just that rock, that provider, that father. And he really, truly helped me understand what a father was. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us have things in our lives where we know like head knowledge, but the head knowledge isn't yet connected to the heart knowing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And in your essay, again, I think I read it a couple of times. And when I read it, I saw this providence for the pain that you would endure. It was almost as if God was sending someone to you for something that you didn't even know was going to happen. And many of us, when we're going through situations, tend to have this response of, why me? What shifted for you to be able to look at the passing of your brother Ben and the coming of Dan as providence from God? Yeah. And just to be honest and upfront about it, going into it, I was surprised myself, honestly, that I responded the way I did, which helped me realize like how much God had really dug into me and shaped me just because I remember the night I found out afterwards and I was just up on my knees crying and praying all night and just like, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why we're here, but show me like, what can I do? And then it was one of those things like the next morning, um, just receiving like a message from my now husband, Dan, of just like, you know, Hey, you ever need anything? Just praying I'm here. And like, we didn't even know each other that well then, but I think it was like three weeks in that I like just met him. And then he was just like, kept making these decisions. And even if you talk to him, he was like, you know, I just felt like I was supposed to just keep going in, just get in more, go more, go deeper. And I don't think that was like by accident. I think it was very intentional. I mean, you and I, like we've known each other forever. And I just feel like we joked all the time about, you know, you always want to find (laughs) that one or whatever and you keep looking and it's one of the, they always joke about, it's like, when you stop looking, they show up. But now I understood more and more that he, Dan, for me was the only person in that time, truly, that was with me, both physically, mentally, emotionally processing through the grief of losing my brother, especially you're going through it with my family. My family had their own grief and it just was a reminder. I felt like God brought somebody to step closer to me And that was really, truly God stepping closer to me and reminding me that like, I'm here for you. I'm going to provide for you, even in your darkest time. And that honestly was like one of the darkest times I've ever been in just because my brother was so special to me. So to lose that, it was just a punch to the gut, but it was still God was there. And he showed me that through my now husband, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I remember being in Anderson with you and coming home with you for Thanksgiving and just seeing how close-knit this big Italian family, all they want to do is feed you. Yeah, stopping at your dad's pizza shop and, and then also just seeing the role that Ben also played in your life and to know that, you know, he's not here. But we know that he lives on in spirit, right? Because... Even as I read your essay, it was very clear to me that, yes, Ben might not be here physically, but there's a lot of him that's still here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think even in the midst of that type of pain, I guess 
for a lot of people and in your essay you did mention this as well like how for for you 2020 wasn't the year that everything kind of fell apart like it started a year now we can chuckle about it but it's a serious matter right but for a lot of folks too like 2020 wasn't the year that everything started you know all the craziness started happening you know things were happening prior what would you say given the things that you experienced in 2019 and then compounding effect of 2020 what would you say kept you from not drowning in your sorrow that's like man it's such a layered answer just because it was I mean honestly it is one of those like it was a combination of the relationships that were already created before going into 2020 in the sense of like you know my friendship or even really sisterhood I have with you to my family to now Dan to then just even the new church that my husband and I are involved in together as a couple. And there was a, a sense of comfort in knowing that those things weren't gone, but that like, you know, we had those things or we could still connect with them, even if it was digitally. And even like some of those relationships were already digital just because we're so far from one another. Yeah. That's so cool. it was almost just like transitioning to, Oh, I have more time to connect mm-hmm. with these people that I didn't before. And I'm definitely more of an introverted person that I don't get uncomfortable with being in the silence and the quiet and being away from the noise. And I think this is the first time that I realized that there can just be too much and not enough in all sorts of avenues. So I think what just like kept me from just drowning was just figuring out truly what was important, what was worth spending time on, what was not was just like a filler in my life. Like there was just certain things that I needed to be more intentional towards. So it helped me reshape things. So I became much more intentional with my time and I had to be intentional with relationships. You had to find new ways to reach people, new ways to communicate, new ways to connect. I couldn't just like go out and meet someone for coffee. I couldn't go out and even hug somebody man, it's so hard as an Italian person, not to just like run up and like hug people and like (laughs) be like making as much noise as possible in a room somewhere. Like, I just think it's, I, I don't know. I think it really helped to be in the quiet sometimes just even just to really refocus on God too. Cause I think I was so distracted in the busyness of just normal life of grocery shopping to commuting to work every day and all those things. Like, I think I needed forced into quiet. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. But I think it kept me from drowning in my sorrows because I was like, I think I was so distracted. I had to face all those things that I hadn't before. Yeah. It's almost like you can't afford to be passive. You have to be intentional. Like it's not going to fall in your lap. And this goes into the next thing that I want to talk to you about or ask you was what advice would you give to others who wouldn't be experiencing pain, heartache, loss, and might even be on the verge of like, entering into a sorrow that they feel like they can't come out of. Because like you said, your title for your perspective shift essay is rooted to bear fruit. So what advice would you give to anyone who's going through something similar to you to say, Hey, this is how you bear fruit. Yeah. I think one of my favorite passages is just the one of the be still and know I am God. And I think when people hear the be still, a lot of times it's the, I'm just going to sit and wait, and then he'll just throw it in my lap, but I'm just going to be passive. And like you said, you can't be passive. And I think that's a huge thing that we all have to practice. It's not something that you just intrinsically know, because I know for a fact that 
I don't know. I'm not getting up to go to the gym anytime soon sort of thing, unless I'm like actively getting out of my chair to go do it. Yeah. And I think that's the same, like you said before, like exercising your spirit to like, it's another thing too. It's not just your physical health. My advice for other people would just be, just do it, just do it anyways. Even if it's scary, even if it's uncertain, even there's no guarantee something's going to work out. I think God wants us to keep moving. And I think he does put barriers in places that we're not supposed to go and trust those barriers, accept the no's, accept the weights, accept the maybes, Mm -hmm. but not to stop moving. Because I think that's where it gets dangerous is when you stop moving. And that's not to say, no, you should definitely be sad when you're sad. You should definitely experience those what are considered negative emotions, but they're not, they're just natural human emotions of being angry and disappointed and sad. You have to work through those things, but don't stay there. Don't live in those feelings. And I understand that feeling very real in the sense of losing my brother of that pure unadulterated sadness that you just want to stay in. It becomes comfortable, but then you have to remind yourself that this is not where my life ends. And I have to keep moving forward and I have to live out a life that's going to honor those people that don't have that opportunity anymore. Cause to live is an opportunity. It's not something that it's just a right. It's gifted and being the benefits. Yeah. We get a second life after this. We get to, when we die, we're reborn. And I think though it's in this time, don't live passively in a sense of not giving other people the opportunity to experience the giftings and everything that God has given you. Ah, man, that's so good. Anything else you want the people them to know? I mean, just have hope is, I think, just to trust that the bad is not permanent. The hard is not permanent. That's something I've learned a lot lately is there is a dawn in the morning. There's a new morning. There's a new day. So where you are right now, if it's a hard place, just keep pushing. It's going to be good. There's good on the other side. Thank you so much, sis. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being vulnerable. And before we go, we wanted to leave you with this Psalms. Psalms 136 verse 16 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Megan, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing. Thanks for having me, sis. Always a pleasure. And we would love to hear about your experiences of being what you now know, maybe being rooted somewhere so you can bear fruit. After hearing Megan's journey, could it be that the sorrow, the heartache that you're experiencing might just be the process of what bearing fruit looks like? Be sure to check out Megan's article on francisdreamer.com. You can also follow her on Instagram. Her handle is MeganSolo89. And you can also follow the online Bible study she leads called Beloved Bible Study. For more information about what's coming up on the Beloved Bible Study, you can also follow their Instagram account at Beloved Global. And the current theme for the Bible study is wait for it. All of this information on where you can find Megan, what she's up to, what's going on with her, it'll be in the description below. And again, thank you so much, Megan, for coming out. And we are excited for what God has for you in this new season. Thanks, sis. Let me last. Thank you for listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. I'm your girl, LaToya Francis. Until next time, stand for something or fall for anything.